0: Welcome to Man in the Making, with former Monk Rajan Shankara and myself, Rockers. Joining us today, we have audio engineer Arthur Dreesen, who was the first Tesla owner to travel 100,000 miles in his Model 3. His journey around America involved testing his car through the toughest terrains and is all documented on his YouTube channel, Voyage Without Carbon. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, Arthur. Hey, thanks for having me, guys
1: what an introduction i love that yeah me too that is that is gold (laughs) i was gonna i was gonna say you know this is what art is known for but uh now i don't need to and and i think that's fantastic so art what what people don't know is that arthur and i kind of you know we grew up together um and so we go, we go ways a ways back, and, and we recently saw each other. I mean, that was what, uh, maybe six? September. Okay, so like six I was going to say six months. All right, yeah, good. And sure enough, you've been driving around like crazy and doing uh, magazine uh, interviews. And have you done any other? Have you done any podcasts for your uh, for your voyage without carbon?
2: Yeah. So, um, I wish I, I did one podcast that uh, I can't even think of the guy's name though. He was a uh, tech podcast, um, for clean energy and, uh, but that's the only, uh, and then there's, uh, one podcast called, uh, random radio, uh, a, a smaller one that I did a interview with. Um, but mostly, mostly it's, uh, just, uh, uh, inter not interviews, but interviews through print, you know yeah,
1: yeah, stuff. all the articles yeah, yeah. fantastic and uh, it's really cool what do you what do you what do you think, what do you think the uh, what do you think is the impact of all the damn driving that you're doing
2: i I hope that the impact is Uh, Showing that it's feasible to really travel around America, uh, around the United States in an electric vehicle, you know, even to the depths, uh, you know, in corners and, you know, not undiscovered, but, you know, the places most people usually don't go and not have to worry about it. I feel that the more I can show that, then the more people will want to uh, at least not be afraid of investing in a electric vehicle. And, you know, the more electric cars we can get on the road, I think, you know, there's many reasons why that's a good thing.
1: So. Nice. And and what's your answer? Is it possible?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's very possible. You know, uh, in I'm at 130,000 miles right now, and, you know, I've been to all 48 states, you know, and Canada and Mexico, well, 48 states, you know, that the contiguous
1: United yeah, States. Yeah, yeah, contiguous, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure.
2: I, uh, I, I was planning on go, uh, actually driving up to Alaska um, in May. They just opened up a, char- a transcontinental Canadian network And, uh, you know, they had chargers in all the big cities, but they didn't have any fast charging system that went across the entire country. So I was planning on, you know, going all the way up to Alaska and then coming back down and going across Canada, but the borders (laughs) are closed now.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: So, you know, we'll see, we'll see if that uh, happens, you know? So, so if I can do that, then really there's no stop in the electrical vehicles, right? You know, uh, that's we
1: awesome have, yeah
2: we have, I haven't done it yet, but that's the, that's really, and then also <laughs> they, they've also opened up a uh, network that go, a fast charging network that goes all the way down to uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And, uh, I've been wanting to do that as well, but, um, I, I, I did try to go to, to, I, I did go to Mexico a couple of times, you know, down to Tijuana and then down across in the, Me- in the Texas border. Uh, and those situations I ended up getting, you know, I was a little bit of a red flag driving around in a Tesla and got pulled over and exploited a couple of times by the police down there.
1: <laughs> so, oh. you know,
2: until I, uh, have a better, uh system to go down there maybe like with with a crew uh-huh. but yeah if it, you you can go really anywhere it's it's really amazing how how they've been uh, working on the network throughout you know the last three years even in the last year that i've been driving you know i i started going around again you know uh, now that i've been to you know the, the 48 contiguous states uh I've started hitting a couple places my second time and finding new chargers that I didn't even know were there and being like, oh man, last time, you know, it stressed out to be here and now it's even easier. So it's getting better and better.
1: Now, Arthur, where are you uh, podcasting in from?
2: I'm up at my uh, lake cabin in uh, Lakeshore, Minnesota, which is right outside of this town called Brainerd up on Gull Lake. Uh, I was in, I was still traveling until about three weeks ago. Okay. Um, And then uh, everything really just started shutting down, right? So, So,
1: yeah, I was wondering what that was like as all this was going on, you know, are you, if you were still driving or not?
2: It was pretty crazy seeing it happen, you know. Um, at, at at first, you know, just one by one, every business started shutting down until all of a sudden there was just nothing. Where you know, I couldn't, I couldn't even find a place to you know use the restroom when I was driving around, right? And right. The gyms are closing down, and you know, it just everything, you know. But but uh, it was it was really kind of surreal when I was driving up here because it, it was town by town. So it was kind of hit or miss if, if people would uh, shut their town down or not, if the state hadn't put down any restrictions. And uh, so some, some places were a little bit more open than others. And uh, then some were complete, you know, completely dead. And, uh, but it was, it was interesting seeing one by one, you know, I, I just remember one morning I woke up and you know, it, it, took me, it, it took me 45 minutes to find a place to, 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 uh, to find my g- a gym to go shower at. And I go, you know, I, uh, I'm not going to want to deal with this anymore. So <laughs> I decided that I was going to, you know, come and in, come in shelter in place with, along with everybody else. And also, you know, I didn't want to be, uh, it, it started getting real serious. So I didn't want to be that guy that's
1: going from state to state,
2: you know, being. Sure, sure. And. and,
1: and- around. When it's over, are you going to continue your drive? Are are you or are you now uh, able to settle and actually map out a different uh, exploratory future for yourself?
2: It's really kind of up in the air right now. You know, my my original plan was to wait it out and go up to Canada, but now, you know, with everything being so in limbo, I'm starting to look at at uh, if there's any other options or different possibilities for me to want to go. explore a different route you know I do I, I do everything from music to film to photo to this traveling thing so I've got a lot of options which I'm pretty lucky about so you know we'll, we'll see what the next six months bring for for the, the world and then that will define what my path will end up being
1: that is exciting um so you're a you're a, a bit of a philosopher is that right
2: well um I I like to uh talk about philosophy i like to you know i'm driving all the time so uh the more i can learn well while, while i'm driving you know i i listen to philosophy and history and all that 24 7 you know just trying to trying trying to learn more about myself and the world and you know question things and 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 experience more so Especially over the last 130,000 miles, you know, that's a a lot of listening to that type of stuff. So I've been getting pretty pretty into it, you know. Um, It started out with, uh, I realized I couldn't name all 50 presidents. And I said, you know what, I want to be able to do that. So I started listening to books. You know, I said, I'm going to listen to a book on each president. And then, you know, it just kind of went off from there uh, to, to where, you know, uh, I was learning about all this history, but then I go, well, well what's something to break up the history? And I, w- I started listening to philosophy there, so it was kind of switching back and forth, and I've just been doing that, and, and trying to talk to as many people as I can about it.
1: Cool, and, and that's, that's why uh, I tagged you uh, first, because, uh, when this, the discussion of this blog post and then uh, a later idea for a podcast came up, I thought, well, the, my favorite thing about Arthur Dreesen is that uh, he's, an, he's an empty cup, and he's like a sponge, and he takes in information without necessarily judging it right away. And it's so few people do that, and that's why you make a really good philosopher to me. Um, well, I appreciate that. I I've seen, I've, you know, we've obviously been in conversation before we've actually recorded a unpublished podcast before. Um, and been in discussion about different things. And of course I, I read your, uh, posts online, um, you know, demanding that other people help you critically think and, and, and share what they know so that you can know more things without necessarily saying what's right or wrong. Right. And that's, that's um it's rare and that's a beautiful thing and i hope you i hope you expand on that as you gain your own footing and your own philosophies um and and never never uh solidified to the point where which i don't think you will you know where you're set in your ways and, and you don't want any more information because it really is endless right right it is and it's uh So you're the first person that came to mind and thank you uh, for uh, heeding that call and obliging. Um, So specifically as everyone listening, the specifically we're talking about narcissism today and I've written about it a little bit. I've thought about it a lot. And quite frankly, I used to be a narcissist Um, and whether I still am, I think I've gotten a little better, but, um, I thought it was an interesting topic for discussion for the us three fellows and uh, for everyone listening. I'd be very curious to know uh, what you think. And it seems like everyone today wants to know about narcissism, wants to watch out for it and, and be on high alert. And I guess When is the last time that I'll ask both of you and, and, and think of something. Um, when's the last time you encountered a narcissist?
0: Offer.
2: Yeah, I'm trying, I, you know, I'm trying to think about the last time. Uh, (laughs) yeah, well, I argue with one in my head every day. Um, (laughs) but, 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 uh, you 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 know i i come across some people that i would say are are nar- narcissistic pretty often um m- most recently uh what was at a tesla event um you know uh just hanging out with other kind of you know t- tesla quote unquote stars, right? You know, the people that are, are kind of around the Tesla world, you know, all these guys are bigger than, I'm a nobody in it, uh, to be honest. And, you know, and, and hanging out with them. Um, you know, I, I saw a couple of nurses. So
1: that was February. <laughs> Hung out with a couple of nurses, narcissists there. And uh, what makes you say that they were narcissists? Arthur? Well,
2: you know, you know I, th- I think the biggest... So it's hard to say, say what, 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 for narcissism, I think outwardly, it's very easy to call someone a narcissist, um, although they might not be truly that on the inside, right? Um, but yeah. uh, I, I, I think it has to do with putting out a, uh, you know, a, a attitude or energy of not wanting to accept knowledge or feedback.
1: Okay. Yes. I like that. I like that. Cause we know narcissist is uh, basically the word for someone with an overvalued sense of, of worth. And, uh, I think it, you can take it further to say that they're partially, um, uh, partially, uh, what's the word Machiavellian. So they have this, uh, Dark triad type of uh, psychotic, narcissistic, and Machiavellian um, malevolence. I think where they they go out of their way, perhaps, to be not only better but um, on a pedestal, and maybe even uh, cause others harm and then gain power from that. Is that is that taking it too far?
2: Well, I think I think that's the. You know, that, that would be the extremes of, of, of being a narcissist, but I think that it lies in all of that, you know, uh, a narcissist yeah, it, can
1: do those things. But. So it's, it's safe to say that there's a spectrum. I would think so. And, and the, the, the article um, were basically, uh, not article, but, well, this is a, basically I wrote uh, a portion of, uh, one of my chapters in my first book, Everything Is Your Fault, uh, about narcissists. And it's a, it's a subject that means a lot to me because of uh, my past experience being um, an egotistical um, monster, basically, as a young person. And um, I realized I was, uh, you know, after, after spending a few years blaming other people for um, their faults, I, it then hit me, um, that I was in fact the asshole the entire time. And that was a hard thing to take. And then I started to hear that word more and more as time went on. And I started to wonder, well, do you just get, do, do, does someone just get hurt by someone else? And then they call them a narcissist or are they really out to get them? And do they really think that they're better than everyone else, even though they have no da- data to back it up? Um, so I'll read a little bit of that in a moment, but uh, Rokas, why don't you go ahead and, and how's your experience with, uh, quote unquote, um, narcissist or the spectrum itself?
0: I don't want to go too in depth into it, but it's a family member.
1: Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, and that's I mean, common. I think that's common, right? Um, especially if there's alcohol abuse involved and things like that. Is that is that is that where you're um, leaning towards?
0: No, not necessarily. What were you gonna say? It's just yeah, I don't want to go too much into it since there's a family member, so okay. I don't want to yeah bash them.
1: Sure, sure. Um. So, uh, Arthur, any any anything in your family like that, or just outside of that?
2: Well, you know. Uh... Personally, I don't have it in my family.
1: Right. Um,
2: if, if, to, to, to be completely honest, I was the narcissist in my family probably until about, you know, uh, four or five years ago when I really started on a journey, uh, what, what I call my journey of recreation and recreating myself and rediscovering who, who I was. Um, nice.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, you know so I, I was the person that, that held that role in in my family
1: okay yeah so same with me um i don't see it in in my family other than myself and uh even having the ability to manipulate based on to to to, to kind of circle around and not be wrong to, to use manipulation as a form of being right in the end and, and right. i think that's also gaslighting right yeah, yeah, to an extent, I I
2: I I think so. I think well, you know, for both narcissists, n- narcissism and gaslighting. I think it's interesting that you brought up gaslighting because I think both of those are terms right now that get thrown very generally. Yeah. When when both of them have a. Uh, very specific, well, a more specific uh, w- way to use them than they're, than they're being used um, with, with I- exact gaslighting is about the manipulation. Uh, yeah. I, guess, I guess it's with, and with narcissism are, is the person knowingly d- doing this? You know, can you knowingly be a narcissist? You know, or is this something that just is, is happening that, that you don't even you're not even conscious that you're doing, you know, when it, with gaslighting too, you know, am I manipulating this person without even realizing that I'm manipulating them? Am I, you know, oh, that's you know, a great question. Myself at the same time, you know, how deep does that go? And I, I think both with wow. gaslighting and, and narcissism, um, it, it play, it, I think that question, you know, has to do really well with both of those
1: things. Um, that's amazing.
0: What, why do you think someone would knowingly be a narcissist?
1: Yeah, because people can be monsters. <laughs> so for me, it would be uh, the answer that I would give is it, it's a part of the dark, dark triad. It's a part of um, the uh, uh, the ability to manipulate for, for power um, or gain is uh, a Machiavellian tactic in psychology. So if you're... If you're malicious, if you're trying to cause harm uh, and to put yourself uh, higher on a status, uh, you will indeed um, seek to do things on purpose. Um, and I think the gaslighting um, framework that's come up in the last five years or so is uh, just a a, to, a a tool in the toolbox of a, a manipulative individual. Uh, consciously or um, uh, unconsciously. Because for me, it, it was unconscious. I had no idea, no clue that I was, you know, in the wrong. I, I, I thought that genuinely, and I could, I remember being able to talk my way around a solution, and um, in, in that solution meaning. The the ends meant that I was correct, and I could self-articulate and self-argue these points in my head. And every time I came out to be the victor, and here's why they're wrong, and here's why I should, um, you know, uh, 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 exclude them from my from my life. And here's why I'm the winner and they're the loser, and that's how it is because I see it correctly and they don't. Yeah, you know. Uh
2: I, I agree. For me, for me too, you know. And I guess, I guess, at that point, you know, you're you're not necessarily consciously being a narcissist, but you are consciously manipulating things, you know.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're 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 consciously you're consciously wanting to be correct. It's 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 a matter of it's a matter of being. It's a, it's a matter of saving face, right? It's status. It's protecting the ego, and especially if you place the ego. As, a, as an important standard in your life, then you, at, the ego will try to protect itself by all means. So that's the challenging thing when it comes to conflict. You have to wonder if you really are correct or is your ego just trying to save face? And I think that it, it's borderline to overwhelmingly narcissistic if you go through exhausting measures of self argument arguments as this jury and a judge and executioner in your head. And at all costs, you, you have to be correct. I think that's where it's, it's narcissism because it's that overvalued sense of worth and overvalued is such, I think the, a, a key component of the word itself and of the philosophy because that's the, that's the other question, right? If you are as good as you say, if you are correct and you are that valuable, you know, that's, that's another thing to me. And that's why I think there's a spectrum. But if you, if you say you're, you're very good, if you say you're worth something or you're producing a certain value, yet you are not, then that's where the delusion, I think, uh, tries to save itself.
0: Um, For someone who is unconsciously a narcissist, is there any external way to help them realize and change? Or can they only change if they realize, if they realize it themselves internally?
1: Oh, that's a great, great question. Jeez. Arthur.
2: No, that's a really good question.
1: Um, Yeah. I just passed that off there. I was
2: like, geez. Yeah. Thanks Raj.
1: Yeah. You're welcome bud.
2: (laughs) But you, you know, I, I think that, uh, well, in, in, until someone could admit in knowing, knowingly like admit that they're wrong. And that, that that they they just in general don't know and they're probably wrong about things. It's hard to get over changing anything about yeah. narcissism. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, I agree. You, how would you help someone know so for my admit teachers that
1: they're wrong? For 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 my teachers, I mean it was it was uh, let's see. I'm gonna go ahead and say it was a two-year process of just waiting, like just being patient. And you know, like how would you treat a toddler who was throwing a tantrum? Um, You just kind of let them exhaust themselves. So for me, it took about two years to exhaust myself. And I was going through my training, my basic training in the monastery, and I'd get into an argument with every single person I could. And they would just kind of wait it out and just sit there and be like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, okay. And um, you know, some of them were very skilled in the in patience, right, and, and just waiting it out. And others would be like, um, flat out, you know, you're you're wrong. You're you're you did not produce what you say you're producing. You do not have as much value as you think you do. And we would we would end the discussion or the argument like that and so after a, a certain amount of people with patience and then a certain amount of people with this fiery nature to say to stand up to me and my ignorance and say uh no you're wrong uh because it took it took hierarchy as well like there had to it had to be higher ranking uh monks to to who were allowed to do that um the, it was a perfect mixture and then for two years to pass by and say um you know you're like all of a sudden internally it was oh i I could see it all i could see it all in a flash and i was like it must be that must be what grace is like the grace of some divine source that could that like revealed that and all of a sudden it was like okay um I'm doing something wrong here because I'm the common denominator with, with every issue that comes up. And if you're the common denominator, then you've got to wonder uh, what the equation is, is what's going on and how to get out of that.
2: Yeah. I I really like the comment that you said, the common denominator part, you know, cause I, I, I was thinking in my head about, well well first if you're questioning if you're a narcissist or not I guess you're already kind of on the right path because you're questioning yourself right For
1: you sure. Know? For and, sure. And,
2: and you're trying to figure figure out what are the solutions for these problems that I'm facing and am you know am I a narcissist am I part of the problem right I'm the common denominator and and you know if so, so, so that's the first step, is I guess, is you have to have something that's that's questioning, right? Even if it's just listening to this podcast, right? And then you go, wow, does this apply to me, right? Uh, there has, there's some push, um, but then after that, you know, how to how to deal with it, how to find out about it, you know, I I try to ask myself in 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 almost any situation where 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 i i am uncomfortable or or need to solve a problem am is there something else that i can blame that i am not blaming right now you know in 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 trying to look at all the different possibilities of what could be the cause of this problem including myself right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and you know by doing that step-by-step step with each thing, I'm, a, I'm able to really learn and, and figure out times that I am wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess that would be the only type, you know, uh, uh, a roundabout answer to how do you deal with being a, a narcissistic person as yourself, you know? Um, to try, trying to take out the blame, you know? And, and, and can I blame myself for this?
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly it w- 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 which is why the the philosophy ownership philosophy is so is so powerful because it, it almost defends against uh egotistical um, defense um, and you you start with yourself and then radiate outwards from there, but trying at all costs to not to not depend on having to go much farther than yourself and Um, I don't know. I mean, because you have to check yourself every single situation because the ego will jump to um circumstance, it'll say, Well, the line in this was really long, that's what made me late to that, and then it's not my fault. I was, you know, it's it's circumstance, or the car did this, it broke down, there's nothing I could do, or I got injured, had to go here, and it just didn't work out for that. It's like, Well. Where along the line at each, you know, at each phase of the game, can you, can you take ownership and, 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 you know, if, 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 if you're late to one thing, that's going to be late to another, it's probably best to let the parties know that are involved. You know, um, I made that mistake today. I was late to something and I was somewhere else and I should have an hour before I should have said, you know, I'm going to be late to this thing. I'm sorry about that. Um, now I have to deal with the repercussions of that and try my best to not um, stick up for the very fact that I was late because that would be ridiculous. So uh, it happens all the time. It, 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 and, and a narcissist, I think, is blind to these recurring um, situations. And yet, or they're not blind to it, but it, each recurring situation makes their self-infatuation kind of stronger and proves every, every situation and every conflict is a point to be proven even more right, even yeah. more why, why you're the best.
2: It's especially when they're when one is successful at that right you know i yeah. uh, that that's what feeds the narcissism is you know what all this crap was going on and i am the one that got through it i was the one that that figured everything out what was everybody else doing absolutely nothing in the future i'm going to be the only one that's going to be able to do this as well so
1: correct um, Arthur spoken like a true narcissist well well said
2: (laughs) 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 well like I I said I argue with one in my head every day
1: (laughs) (laughs) and okay so here's here's where it gets interesting okay now I want to defend the narcissist a little bit I want to I want to think about why? Maybe a little bit of it is um, beneficial. Why? Why would it? Why would having a little bit of that um, spectrum um, be beneficial?
2: Well, I think uh, you, you know a little bit of that spectrum is beneficial. I think, but it it, it just has to be checked. You know, it needs to be. You, you, someone needs to be aware I need to be aware that that's a tendency that I can have. So I can keep it in check and I can keep saying, am I wrong? You know, um, but but it's 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 very valuable to to have a leader, someone that is gonna gonna just be like, we're going you know, I'm not gonna care about any of the emotional stuff. I'm not gonna care about anyone's feelings. I'm gonna or these this is the problem. Here are solutions. Let's get this done. I'm doing it, you know. Uh but it has to be checked, right? That's, that's yeah,
1: what... and so that's that's part of what what always comes to my um, uh, my concern is that are people confusing so back to the beginning of the conversation, are people confusing leadership with narcissists? I think so, yeah, isn't that interesting? i I, I, I actually haven't ever totally put it in those words before, but it would seem to me that, um, uh, that's what's going on. And, and as you say, you're you, what you just said as, as a leadership, leadership examples, um, and you definitely have leadership in you because of, of the very existence that you live. Um, it's like none of that to me was narcissistic. It, it, it yet to someone else putting yourself forward, uh, would be, but it's, so it's simply, um, uh, some kind of misunderstanding or, or, or uh, fear of, of uh, I don't know, fear of, of uh, criticism for taking charge and something. But to me, what the narcissism comes out when if you take charge uh, you also uh, don't take and don't have the ability or take responsibility for when things go wrong. And it's easy to, it's easy to take responsibility when things go right. mm mm-hmm. But the key would be to be, to check that out, to keep that in check. I meant to say, uh, it would be, you know, if you take charge, um, be prepared to be wrong.
2: Well, you know, I think that's really one of the biggest differences between a narcissist and a leader, right?
1: Right, right. It's really
2: that defining characteristic, you know, is first being able to take responsibility for the things that go wrong, and also being able to give credit where things go right.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. So that kind of uh, leads into the, what this is all based about is, is this. So I say in the book, a leader never succeeds alone. There's always someone or something they can thank for their success. People have always asked me how to handle narcissists as if they are a poison of society needing to be cleansed from our view. The definition of a narcissist is someone with an inflated sense of self-worth, lack of empathy for others, and an excessive need for admiration. Basically, every leader, entrepreneur, inventor, or creator falls into the category of narcissist in the negative context and rising popularity of the word itself has been a red flag and called to arms to protect society from these ego driven maniacs. But then that's, that's where, that's where the counter uh, argument comes in and says, hang on a second. You know, I think we just need to better understand the, the difference between leadership and narcissist, And and perhaps narcissist is just a bad example, you know, of a leader, a leader gone bad. I, I, don't, I don't know how well, else to put that.
2: Well, I, I think that, that is kind of it, right? A leader gone bad is, is, is a good, good way to put it. You know, a, a leader that doesn't care about the people he's leading. A leader yeah. that, that, that is leading just to lead. Not to lead somewhere, not to lead you <laughs> know, a people or whatever, but, but just, just to lead with no purpose. You know, I think that has uh, a lot to do with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rokas, any, any thoughts in that, in that philosophical <clears throat> brain years? So
0: what you asked earlier with, can narcissism be beneficial? Um, so I have something tied off to add after the question. So what's the difference between having an ego and being a narcissist? How much of a difference is there?
1: Arthur?
2: Well, I would think that uh, in a, nar- a narcissist is an overdriven ego, um, and an ego that doesn't want to that that can't admit
0: the the faults or 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 being wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's perfect. Then. Um, <clears throat> so there's an analogy I have. I say it can be good for someone who wants to start. A company, because in order to leave your stable place of work to start something new that may not work out, I think you do need to have an ego for, for that. Maybe mm-hmm. even, yeah, in that definition, I guess, even narcissism. Um, so, in that way, it can be good. But then, let's say once you have your company started and it's up and running, maybe it's had some success, then you need to let go of the ego in order for the company to progress. Because what got you from A to B, so that ego will most likely make you stall and won't let you progress from point B to C in which is improving your company
1: right, yeah, absolutely and, and j C. Penny uh, said he couldn't have gone on to become successful as he did uh, until he actually uh, asked for help and then gave up his. Main position as yeah. a head of the company, so that's that's exactly right. That A B to C analogy is is beautiful. That that that's very clear. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's a there's a weird aspect of this that I've that I've come across in the uh, year and a half or so that I've been out of the monastery, and that's in my relationship coaching. So, uh, inside of a, um, inside of a failed uh, relationship, uh, there's usually the blame and that word comes up, you know, I was dating a narcissist and it seems like a lot of women are being taken advantage of by quote unquote narcissists and it drives them to, uh, study the, um you know, the narcissism textbook, textbooks out there and, and, and uh, research it uh, uh, ad nauseum. And um, of course men too, I'm sure, right. Are in the same position where they end up with uh, someone who is part monster and, and it doesn't go so well. And there's um, years of manipulation and things like that. And are, do you, Arthur, do you think that's do you think that's true, or are people in relationships um are they both kind of to blame or are people really um uh, empathic and uh just being taken advantage of
2: well you know i th- i think it it, it it i think there's all of that
1: you know yeah uh
2: <laughs> it- I I I'm divorced and I was I was called a narcissist in my relationship and I I probably was at a lot of at at a lot of points in it uh at at the same time though I think a a lot of failed relationships in general does have that lack of looking in right Mm -hmm. I know I wasn't looking when when I was being narcissistic in my relationship I wasn't looking within but I also know that that you know my my significant other they weren 't looking in as well you know it was a mm-hmm. very fight against each other type thing um, mm-hmm. so, so I, I think it 's varying degrees of that, and uh, I think again that goes back to the how can I be wrong in this you know if you're, if if you 're in a relationship and you're uh, dating a narcissist or uh, not even dating, you know, married to a narcissist or whatever. And you are continually asking, trying to take ownership and asking yourself, how can I be wrong in this? And then it keeps coming back to this, this narcissism that you're seeing in the other person. Then, you know, there, there's probably some validity in that, you know, mm-hmm. but, but you, again, you know, it, it's about, Uh, a lot of it is about looking inside to be able to define what we see outside and the other
1: stuff. I like that. I like that. And, and I, I agree a hundred percent. And oftentimes, um, you know, my sessions with people don't take that long because we get down to the root of ownership philosophy and where that, where that uh, went wrong and it's usually with boundaries and people think they set up boundaries and they think they made their values, um, to their significant other known, but in fact they did not. And they, they, uh, failed to set up proper boundaries, uh, repeatedly. And, um, the very value that they established was that they were flexible and uh, malleable and, um, weren't serious about things that they were once serious about or so they thought. And you have, you have someone look back at a relationship and go from, well, it's, it's them, them, them and a narcissist here and there to, yeah, well I guess I could have done that better too. And then those realizations start to heal the person from blaming philosophy or mentality and then internalizes the blame and, um, ends up being a bit of both most of the time, not every time. Right. Um, There are genuinely some people who are uh, being manipulated uh, by someone who's a bit of a monster. However, the question then comes up, aren't they still failing at setting up these boundaries?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that.
1: Yeah. Rokas, I know you're a young man yet to hit the world like this, but we're bringing it yeah, to I, you.
0: I agree with the boundaries, um, but then
1: see Arthur and I that... are very old. We're we're very <laughs> okay, <old>. okay, okay,
0: <laughs> okay. I'm sure. Yeah, thirty, 30 in your thirties is very old.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so, with the advice you give for relationships with couples. Is the problem usually the man not setting up boundaries or is it
1: equal on both sides? No, it's usually the, it's usually uh, in my experience, the woman.
0: Not setting up boundaries. Correct. In what way?
1: They enter the, the, they get past the honeymoon stage and have realized they never set up uh, any values and, um, They saw red flags and they did not bring it to anyone's attention. And uh, years pass um, because no one wants to be, no one wants to find someone and then go through the process of being single again. It's a lot of work. So we kind of swallow our values a bit and uh, they catch up to you. And then you wonder why you're with this person. And uh, if you trace the years back clearly enough, you see exactly um in the beginning how uh these these so-called values were were just in their head the entire time and not being stated because women i think tend to tend to uh imagine their partner being much more intuitive and uh telepathic than they really are
0: um yeah i'm interested inherently do you think is 50/50 between men and women uh, yeah, inherently being a narcissist, or is there, for some reason, due to how the brain is different between a man and a woman, is one side potentially has more narcissist than the other? If that makes sense, and for what reason would that be, if that's the case?
1: Arthur, Arthur, have you looked up any um, gender studies on that?
2: I haven't. No.
1: Um that is a really good question. I'm pretty sure it's this, the answer would surprise you. Uh, let me see. I'm going to, um, uh, women versus men.
2: You know, this is, this is just a speech speaking from the hip. But I would imagine that, uh, and I don't want—I don't want to say this the wrong way—but um, I would imagine that because there's a lot of narcissism or narcissistic tendencies in successful people, I think that successful women would would we would find those traits a lot more, you know, in 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 those groups. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, oppo- opposed to you know maybe just women that that when they have the choice you know choose choose family opposed to business right or you know that again trying mm-hmm. trying try not to <laughs> you know uh, mix up my words in in a disrespectful way to to women but um
1: because no no that. you can use you can use facts on this podcast
2: yeah uh, but yeah I th- I th- I, th- I think that. Yeah, it's it's a lot about the drive to success because that's the type of personality that that leads to successful people, you know. Which
1: is which is why men uh, do in fact, in a two thousand eight study were found to have a higher rate of narcissistic personality disorder than women, by quite a bit. Okay. But yeah, I, 2008, I mean, two thousand eight. That is an old study. I would I would say that that's an old study. So yeah. I'd be you interested know, you know, to see.
2: I might argue though, you know, um, and, and again, I have nothing to back this up, but uh, possibly you, you might see more narcissism, since women have to work so much harder, you know, to, to get in those slots, you might see even more tendencies in those, you know, in, in the, the successful women, you know, uh, the attorney generals or politicians or is because those are the traits that are successful in that, and they already have to compete against all the men that are narcissists, right? So they have to stand even a step above, possibly. I could be talking out of my butt, you know? I don't
0: have
1: anything Mm -hmm. to back that up with, but. It does, yeah,
0: it does make sense.
1: So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that that, uh, statistics show that women are um, more uh, agreeable. Um, and uh have more conscientiousness so to to not see red flags or to to hide red flags in a relationship is uh generally due to being more agreeable and uh whereas a man tends to uh differentiate himself uh and and speak up a little bit more uh, especially in a business setting so um, that could be present in relationships where, you know, women hide the way they truly feel in the very beginning uh, in, in hopes that they're, they're incorrect. And, um, but I am finding that years later, and uh, you know, I'm talking about some people I work with are 50 years into a marriage. Um, they're finding that they actually resent their partner from 30 years ago because of, you uh, boundaries that they constantly uh, uh overstepped and then it's like well you know how did you actually set those boundaries up and they don't have an answer because they hoped that their their partner could could see how they felt and and read those emotions when in fact a man will tend to um kind of be a dumb dumb and just you know oh if if she doesn't say anything about it then it must not be a big deal and uh because he would probably say something you know yeah. now it, it's all it's not always the case i also have r- couples where the man says uh you know he blurts out all of a sudden in a moment of liberation actually no you did piss me off 20 years ago and here's why why and why and i've been thinking about it ever since and so that's that's another uh and that's again and i'll say well whose fault is that you know and he has this big look on his face, uh, hoping that it's not him. And sure enough, it is his damn fault. And, uh, that, that's, um, we, we all are guilty of the same thing, uh, unfortunately, because we, we lack communication skills for some reason. And, uh, it, it, maybe we're too, if we're too open, we feel too vulnerable And uh, if we're uh, too closed, uh, we'll never uh, find anyone. So there's a fear at the base of every um, character trait uh, that is off balance, I think. How's that for a long-winded answer?
2: (laughs) You know, I, I, I... I think setting boundaries, you know, that that that's pretty relevant for me. I know, you know, uh personally in in my failed marriage, I know one of the things that kind of uh pushed it and, and also pushed me to start realizing my narcissist, you know, how deep my narcissism went, uh, was her trying to set boundaries right, you know after we had already been married and all this stuff was going on and all of a sudden i go wait what the heck is going on here yeah 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 and 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 you know there's there's all this turmoil all of a sudden we don't know each other you know yeah and we 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 thought we did you know and and uh you know, I'm, I'm beneficial or I'm thankful that that happened because like I said, it helped me start looking more at myself and deeper within, you know, and, and kind of the catalyst and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, it, it it was a very significant thing that boundaries weren't set, you know, and we had been with years with each other, you know, what
1: would you say? What would, so what would you say if someone had a fear of getting a divorce and just stick it out for the kids?
2: I I mean, I don't, I don't think that's, (laughs) that's just self-defeating.
1: Isn't it like, like what's, what's worse? You know, the parent, the kids being raised by two parents who hate each other and one of them is slowly dying inside or to have uh, the separation occur and just learn from that and learn what not to do and uh, see, see two people who are, are kind of freed and liberated from their shackles you, you know,
2: I think I I personally think it's it's more beneficial for children to have a uh, to to have two parents, right? Um, in 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 whatever situation, uh, w- whatever it is, but they don't necessarily have to be living with each other, right? It, it, it they don't necessarily still have to be married with each other, you know? Uh, you got um, I don't I I don't have kids, so I I feel you know, a little ignorant talking on the subject, because, you know, I can't really put myself in that situation. But I would think that it's way more beneficial to uh, not be together and raise the kids together with mutual, you know, values. And, and, you know, instead of saying, we're just going to make it work for the kids, you know, what, what, what is that accomplishing? You can, you can still separate and work on the kids together, you know, and, and, and share your values. Unless you guys, I don't know, maybe you hate, maybe that's not an option for either, you know, again, I'm.
1: But, but well, when would that never be an option? I mean, unless you're dictated by religious law and then that, if that's the case, then I'm, I feel sorry for that person. But um, if, if what I find a lot in in my uh, my own clients and, Forgive me if anyone if I'm sure some of them are listening right now. Um, there they had this idea in their mind that the um, the perfect family structure is a real thing. it's it's something that they always wanted and they will try to hold it together uh, with with bubble gum and duct tape for as long as they can so that dream stays alive but but the reality is and the often sad reality is that you have you know you while you thought you might have achieved the perfect goal uh if you are in fact have have been sad uh for the last decade um you have not achieved that goal in the the slightest so uh because that picture of a perfect family is all happy people uh in 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 uh in um, you know mythology so to To think that you've achieved something and ho- holding it together is the difficult part. The, I think the difficult part is actually realizing that you, you never quite had it. You just uh, simply pretended. And that's a difficult thing. Um, especially when um, men when, when, the, when, when the man or the husband uh, is unable to detect depression. Um, in the wife or in the spouse, when, when one spouse did, you know, not to, not to make this heteronormative and by all means, these, these matters go into every level of, uh, sexual fluidity, but, um, you know, when one spouse cannot detect depression in the other or decides to, um, decides to turn their cheek on it in hopes that'll go away, right? That's the lie. That's the great lie that, that humans run into. And it's, it's, it's the, uh, the turning away of the, the mythological dragon of chaos saying everything is actually okay. And both are guilty of it, unfortunately, because when one is um, turning their cheek um, and, and pretending that the other is, 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 is okay, uh, the other one is also not speaking out because they're trying to hope that no one notices uh, in the end. And um, it's, it's uh, when you think about life in those terms, you know, it's, it's uh, it can be a difficult uh, experience of suffering, but at the other end, is it not true that, um, you know, happiness uh, gained is better late than never. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: I, um, so, so, so two, two kind of quick things that, uh, uh, about that. Uh, so first off, I think the, 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 what you're, what you pictured as your family and, and being able to admit that it's not there is a, is a really hard step for people, but also a huge step for people. Um, I, I remember when I was, probably 14 years old. And, you know, like I said, I was the narcissistic kid that always thought he was right and was trying to manipulate stuff. And, and I remember I was, I was in and out of the court system and I remember before going to court one morning, my dad pulled me aside and he said, Art, I'm sick and tired of doing this. I want my Norman Rockwell and I know I'm not going to get it. (laughs) (laughs) And, that, that was a very powerful moment for me. Not, not that I changed anything at that moment, you know, it still took years for me to, 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 uh, to change anything that I did. Mm-hmm. But, but th- that moment sticks out in my head as you know, I'm always going to think about that moment because, uh, it, I looking back on it, I almost think that that was the turning point for my dad In our relationship and in the family, in in, in how he was dealing with his family stresses, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. and and, and being able to, to verbalize that and solidify that, you know, I guess I'm talking for him right now and I shouldn't be doing that. But from my experience, you know, that helped him a lot you know dealing with this bastard kid that that wouldn't wouldn't listen to a thing and would make his mom cry every night you know
1: yeah yeah well it's what it's what Tony Robbins calls a breakthrough it's it's uh, an experience of uh speaking aloud the uh the hidden truth and bringing it to light so that you can't hide anymore you can't lie anymore and you're faced with a uh, decision, you know, now that everyone knows, now that everyone sees who I really am and how I really feel. Um, how, now, how do we slay this beast? And, and it has a form now. And it, it goes from a world in the mind, which is abstract and without form to a world in the physical. And it, it now has um, a, it, it's got associations to people to, to time uh, timelines and, and, uh, stories and um now it's it's concrete enough to where we can begin shaping it you know you cannot a potter cannot make a mental uh clay um object they have to actually have the clay to form it yeah oh. that's beautiful well i think um you know if we don't have any other kind of uh insights or and we can't digress anymore, maybe we should uh call that good. So listeners have a, a solid point of reference of, of where these kind of things um end, begin and end. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Arthur, okay. uh I appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us and uh you know I hope to talk soon, uh off the air and um see what you're up to next and then we'll, we'll, we'll touch base with you when all of this changes and tell the world what you're, what you're doing then.
2: Amazing. I'm so glad that you, you know, uh, asked me to join you guys. I I had,
0: Um, had is there anything else you'd like to mention? I know you have the YouTube channel. Are there any other things you'd want to mention? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Arthur, what
1: do you got?
2: Well, so the, uh, blog is voyage without com, And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, linking i I like to call an atlas obscura for tesla in electric cars so it it links cool weird stuff you know stuff you wouldn't find on your normal touristy stuff to to different electric car chargers and it's voyagewithoutcarbon.com uh i come out with a video every week on my youtube which is under the same name you know all my socials are are essentially the same and then uh yeah, and you 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 can follow. I've got a personal Instagram that I just you know that's my, that I do the photo stuff that I love you know. But it's it's uh, just fun. It's at uh, Arthur Dreissen on on the Instagram. But um, other than that, you know. Uh, oh, and uh, I'm producing some stuff for this kid Mario Sterling, who is this Latin uh, kind of R and B hip hop reggaeton guy uh, so I'm that on the on the music side. So uh, look up Mario Sterling as well because he's pretty dope. He's
1: Arthur, actually. is it safe to say uh, you know I knew you before you were famous? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes,
2: yes, yes. I wouldn't call myself famous yet. Yet soon, but uh, but yes, you've you you you've been along for the whole haul.
1: <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening.
2: Thank you, Alpha. Hey, thanks, Rakes. Thanks, guys.